Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined as always by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, what's up? Not much, man. Just finished watching the game with my girlfriend. It was yep. a good game. We lost the game. You know what? I know we took two, uh, two out of three, but it feels like we lost the series because we didn't yeah. get the sweep. We're not scoring runs. Our pitching has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But I feel I feel defeated in a way. As a mm-hmm. Jays fan, as someone who is a fan of baseball and what this team can actually do, I feel like we're uh, significantly underperforming, man, and it isn't even close. Yeah, when was the last time the Blue Jays have won two consecutive series and yet have felt bad about it, like something was missing? But that's what happens when you bring the lowly Cincinnati Reds into town, who are the worst team in baseball. You have them at home, and you can't win these games when you really feel like you should. It's kind of deflating in a way. Absolutely, man. Like, I was coming in here. We're against a guy. I don't even know his name. Ash something. Um, The pitcher today, he was making his major league debut. And I thought, bottom of the first, I thought, holy cow, like, boys, let's get on the sticks. Let's make this happen. Like, we need, and I said this last last episode, we need a double-digit ball game. And we didn't even get double-digit runs in the series. Yeah. It's, 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 it, I can't even fathom how, how, how we can't hit with these guys that are in our lineup. I mean, look at our lineup up and down, man. Even our bottom-of-the-order guys should be putting up RBI should be getting runs in, and we're just not doing that. Yeah, we'll talk more about these hitters as our episode goes on. Today on the show, we're going to give you our series recap. We do have our three up and three down that we've got to talk about. I've got some news and notes i got to get for you. Rather, I'm going to spit at you some random facts, and let's go. But to get started, in game one of the series, the Blue Jays did win that game, 2-1 to one, against the Cincinnati Reds. Hunjin Ryu danced in and out of trouble, but he pitched pretty well overall. Rymel Tapia, Bradley Zimmer, and Santiago Espinal had two hits apiece. And Adam Simber, Jimmy Garcia, Ryan Barucki, Jordan Romano all shut the door down to get the job done. Game two of the series, Jays won 3-1. to one. Bo Bichette had a double dong. Alec Manoa did ace-like stuff, pitching eight innings of one-run ball. Jordan Romano with a perfect ninth to seal the deal. And the game three, the one that happened today that you were talking about, the Jays struggled mightily with runners in scoring position. In fact, we didn't get a hit off the, blue, off the Reds' bullpen, which had an ERA of over seven coming into the series. We didn't even get a hit off of them. And uh, the Canadian guy, Joey Votto, hit his first home run of the season late in the game off Jimmy Garcia to give the Reds the win. So, Riley, do you want to start with the positives here, or do you want to jump right into the downsides? Where do you want to take us first? Let's. I, I think we agreed on this, man, and it makes sense. Uh, like, we won this series, but as a team, we are underperforming, and mm-hmm. I think we start with thumbs down, man. We're not okay, going to be negative. Ne- we're not negative Nelly on the episode, <laughs> right. but let's address, let's address the elephants in the room right now, which are the negatives. Right. So split it away. The big issue that the Blue Jays have been having has been their ability to hit with runners in scoring position. And I know we've touched on it in episodes past, but it's been a running theme for the Blue Jays all season, basically. In the game today, for example, they were just one for 10 through the first five innings with runners in scoring position. And in the game, they left 21 runners on base, three for Bo, three for Teo, three for Chapman, three for Tapia, and four for Espinal. In fact, Riley, I want to give you a rundown of the Blue Jays starting lineups and what their batting average is as runners in scoring position. You ready? I, you know what? I want you to tell me, but at the same time, I don't because I will <laughs> be absolutely heartbroken when you tell me. Yeah, it's it's not pretty. The team leader and hitting with runners in scoring position right now is Zach Collins, who's got a 308 average. George Springer, our leadoff hitter, is next, who doesn't really hit with the runners on base that much, is hitting 281. Vladdy, Mr. One for Four with a single, is hitting 273 with runners in scoring position. And then Espinal is hitting 250. Everyone else is hitting less than 200 with runners in scoring position. 
And it's just, oh. it's painful, including Alejandro Kirk, who is a 95 with runners in scoring position. Ouch. And I, and I imagine my guy Chapman is sitting around there too, because I know that he left at least two guys on in a very key situation that would have made the ball game a lot yep. different had he at least hit the ball hard to the outfield, at least given us a chance to score a run. Um, yeah, like you said, man, we're just not doing it with ducks on the pond, man. Even with a runner on first, we're not advancing runners in, you know, in no out situations. It's it's rather frustrating. It is part of baseball. Baseball is a game of numbers. We all know that. And the numbers are certainly not in our favor. In fact, like I think there's an omen against us, Jesse, as far as <laughs> runners in scoring position. Are you saying we're cursed? I, I won't do It's not like the curse. Hey, man, it's not like the goat in Chicago, and it's not like the curse of the Bambino for the Red Sox. Nothing like that, but I'm telling you, we're not having a good year with runners and runners on base at all. So if you're the Blue Jays and you're Charlie Montoya, how do you fix this then? Like, do you think we need a shakeup? Like, do we have to fire our hitting coach just to put some accountability on this team? Because they've tried moving the lineup a little bit, but even doing that really hasn't done a lot, which we thought it would. So what do you do in order to get these guys to start hitting better with runners in scoring position? I got to ask you first and foremost, Jesse, like what does an MLB hitting coach do besides tell you the scouting report? Because if you've made well, it to the lot. major, I know if you've made it to the major leagues, you know how to hit mm -hmm. like it's more or less like you're being addressed to the specific pitcher pitching. Um, so I don't believe firing the hitting coach will do anything for this team. Like we have our guys. Teo needs to hit more. Chapman needs to hit more. And you know what? I won't say Vladdy needs to hit more, but at he least does. he needs Vladdy to needs put to more. more. He needs to put more in the seats is what he mm -hmm. needs to do. Um, it's, I don't think firing the hitting coach is going to do anything for this club, but damn man, if Springer wants to call a players only meeting again to say, guys, what the hell are we doing out there? Then by all means, George Springer, call that meeting and, and let's, let's figure something out, man, because we, I said, we'd scored double digit runs against the reds in one of the games. We scored seven runs in total over yeah. three games, which against... is almost, Oh, the worst team in baseball. Yeah, it's, it's, it's atrocious, atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. I mean, the good the good news is here the Jays did win two out of three here. We did win four out of six on the homestand, but it just it feels like these are wins that are slipping away from this team, and that's what really hurts the most here. I know it's still early, and I know we still have a long way to go, but you kind of want to bank these wins early, especially when you're in the heat of the AL East and what this division is going to be. Well, man, look at what the Yankees are doing. And, and, and you know what? The Yankees, they are a good club, but they're no better than us. I swear, man. And, like, I mean that genuinely, not even as a Jays fan, On but paper, as a guy who knows the game. should be. But it hasn't oh, for so sure. We, yeah. we are matched. We are matched evenly with them. In fact, our pitching staff might even have the upper hand. Their power hitting might be a, a slight better. But other than that, we should be win for win matched right up until game 150 when we dog it out for the division title. Mm -hmm. That's the way that's the way I dream it up this year. Um, they got off to a hot start and we, we our bats are ice cold like that's that's what's going on right now. Well, they've really got to step it up and flick something up here. And one of the main culprits for that is going to be my next thumbs down here is to what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is doing. And look, if you think of this offense as a whole, this offense runs through Vladimir Guerrero Jr., right? Like he is the catalyst that keeps this thing going. And I still want you to take this with a grain of salt because Vladdy has still been our best hitter so far this season, right? And we talked about it last episode, how Vladdy hasn't had an extra base hit in a while. And in fact, he still doesn't have one this series. Vladdy's last extra base hit was that home run he hit in the opening game in Cleveland. Ever since then, he's just been single, single, singles. He had that nice hit streak, which was great, 
but it was all one for four with a single, every single at bat. And that's just not going to cut it, honestly, especially for one of the game's most talented offensive players in the league. Let's get that thunder in that bat going because this offense is going to go as far as Vladimir Guerrero Jr. takes it. And right now, he's not taking it that far. Hey, if that's me and you playing in the major leagues, if we're going one for four every series and just making that's a scrape and buy kind of statistic for right. for even war guys. But for a Vlad Guerrero Jr., that is something that needs to be well improved on um, even even getting one for four every so often in four at bats. That's only a 250 average. Yeah. You draw a walk. Maybe we'll bring that up. Um, on base percentage up to around 300, but we need those, those two for, we need that. We need that hit, but we also need a double with two RBIs. We need a solo home run. We need extra base hits for sure. Like at least out of Vladdy. Like when was the last time you remember seeing Vladimir Guerrero smoke one to the gap and running it out for two bases? It's been a I, while. Uh, honestly, man, and I saw it. I saw it in, in last year for sure. Cause he was putting them to all fields, but yeah. this year it just seems like he's hitting him hard, but he's hitting them on the ground. That's the and thing. It's, and it's, 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 we knew this would kind of be an issue, but we didn't think, I never thought that it would be this persistent of an issue. That was kind of his track record growing up to the minor leagues that, yeah, he hit the ball really hard, but he did hit in the ball uh, on the ground a lot. But we saw in the COVID shortened 2022 season. And then uh, last year he raised that launch angle and look what happened. He puts up MVP caliber numbers this year. He's kind of gone back to it a little bit and he's not really hammering that pitch. That's low in the zone. Like those, are the pitch he's still hitting hard, but he's hitting them at infielders. Now last year, Vladimir Guerrero jr. Was taking those pitches and crushing them into the second deck. So we need to see that a little more from Vladimir Guerrero jr. I, I know, and it's not, you know what, Jesse, and even watching his swing, because I, I salivate when he comes up to the plate. Mm -hmm. Every time he comes up to the plate, regardless of, the, you know, the last time I, he hit an extra base hit was in, uh, against the Indians, the Guardians, Guardians. sorry. Yeah. I, Guardians, yeah, I, I don't care. Like, every time he comes up, I still anticipate a huge, a huge at-bat, a huge hit. Like, as a Jays fan, as someone who knows what Vlad can do, you just expect it. And it's just been, I've been waiting uh, so long as you and everyone else has. It's 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 well overdue. He's got to get this going soon and hopefully writes this ship very soon. Our next one here, I kind of want to give, it's a partial one. I want to give part of thumbs up. I want to give part of thumbs down here. We're going to give our thumbs up to the big lad, Alec Manoa, who on game two of this series pitched an absolute gem. Eight innings, only one earned runs on an efficient 83 pitches with 12 swinging strikes as well. Um, but here's where we go to give our thumbs down. He was cruising. He was going through. He ran into a little trouble in the fourth, but got that double play to get out of it. And then he comes into the dugout, 83 pitches. Charlie Montoyo and Pete Walker decide we're going to take Alec Manoa out of the game. We're going to bring in Jordan Romano and that is going to be it. And Alec Manoa looked furious in the dugout. He was like, you can't take me. You can't take me. Hazel May was reporting that he's just saying, come on, Pete, come on, Pete. You can't do this. But hey, it all ended well. Jordan Romano came in, got the net thing. The Jays got the win, which is what matters. But I really would have loved to see Alec Manoa go out there and try to get that shutout or that complete game. We love complete games, man. And you know what? Romano came in and guess what he did? He struck out every freaking batter he faced. So good, that's eh? good. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> Canadian boy, love yeah. our Canadians on the Jays, but Jordan Romano, he's a great closer. Alec Manoa is going to be our future ace if he isn't already, but yeah, I know we have, we have different takes on this, Jesse. And my take mm -hmm. is at this point, it's a close ball game. It's two runs, dude. It's mm -hmm. two runs. If we're up five to one, I would even, I would, I would let him go out. 
mm -hmm. it's close, man. That's a walk and a that's a walk and a drive away from being, you know, trouble for us, dude, against a game we have in the bag. We had that game in the bag. Um, that was, you know, Bichette walked all over their pitching staff and and Alex shut everyone down. And you know what? To give him eight innings and for him to do what he did, man, he only struck out four, which is a bit low. Gave up seven hits. You know what? That's still real good. That's mm -hmm. a great. That's a great whip, considering he walked nobody in the game. Um, you know what? I, I'm on the fence with it, Jesse. But at the same time, too, I don't mind having a great closer to come in and get a save in a close game. Yeah, and I mean, it was the middle of the Reds order too. It was the I think it was the three, four, five hitters, and it was the fourth time through the order. So hitters do get a better look at it. My only gripe. I had that there. Is that meant that Jordan Romano was unavailable to pitch in game three today because he pitched last night? So if you could have used Manoa, you could have had Romano to come into the game today and maybe things shape out differently. Maybe they don't give up that late home run because Jordan Romano is available to come into the game today. I don't know. Just a thought I've had. We'll see what happens next time Alec Manoa has another big start like that and it's going on. But you also felt like maybe the reason too is Charlie Montoyo kind of senses an urgency that they need these wins and they need these wins badly. And that's why they had to go to Romano there. So just a thought. Oh, man, the urgency, well, trust me, the urgency flows in my blood, too. Like, that is something that we, the urgency was there, dude. The worst thing that could have happened, Jesse, like, even worse than than Romano blowing the save would have been for um, Manoa to go out there and just crap the bed on mm -hmm. a, a win that he already had locked down. He didn't need to go out for the ninth. Yeah. I loved it. It's not 1990 anymore. Like, we, this is a new game. And I, I, hey, as an old school guy, I'm trying to get around to it too, man. Trust me, it's hard for me to do that. But one, <laughs> thing, one thing I have grasped a lot is the use of relievers in high leverage situation, which two runs, dude, you want to throw one of your top three arms in the ninth inning. It makes sense. It's Romano or Simber. Like one of those two guys would have done fine. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. Romano got and he struck out three guys, but hey, that won't be the last time Manoa goes out there and the decision will be made. Maybe next time. You know, it might be not next start or the start after, but at some point this year, Alec Manoa for sure is going to get a complete game. Yep, it's going to happen. And I think it's going to happen sooner than we think, too. Uh, Riley, you wanted to talk about one of our hitters that had a really standout performance this series. Oh, well, I think I, I think I already said him, Bo Bichette, yeah. man. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, when it's it's hard. It's, I can't I can't say right now, like, I'd love to say, oh, Bo had six RBIs. Well, no, he only had three, which is fine because we're scoring low runs. Mm -hmm. But still, when you get two home runs in a game, I mean, it's it's nice, man. He was the reason we won game two. Yep. And it's it's Bo Bichette. I'm, I'm glad that he got those two home runs. Um, in the home run column, I imagine he's going to get, you know, a decent amount. He could be a 30 home run member this year. I don't know. It might be close, but the whole team is kind of in limbo. Like I said, on, on their offensive numbers, it was good to see Bo carry the team in game two. Like, holy crap. We needed that, man. We really needed Bo to come through anyone to come through. And it was Bo. Yeah. Especially after a slow start, he had in April, really good to start to see Bo Bichette carry it around at least somebody on this offense is starting to put up these good plate appearances and get it together. I'll tell you what, his first home run he hit in that game of Hunter Green, where it was the slider that was down in the zone, below the zone, Bo Bichette waited back patiently on it and kind of threw his hands out and was still able to put barrel on the ball and send it to the second deck at Rogers Center. Like, that is elite level stuff. Not everybody can do that. Bo Bichette can do that. And that's what was really impressive to me. And I'll tell you, before that Bo Bichette home run, I was starting to forget what the home run jacket looked like. I feel like it had been a long time since I'd seen it. So good to know it still exists yeah. and it's still there.
Well, I hope Bo isn't the only one who's going to wear it this 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 week coming up, man. Um, because there's still a lot of baseball to play, and the games are just going to get tighter. Like again, I, I go back to this, but it's a, a series we should have swept. It really yeah. is in the yeah. grand scheme of things, man. And we're not scoring runs. Like now, we're getting into games that matter more. Like. Mm-hmm. In the like, I know we play the cards. We'll talk more about that. We play yep. St. Louis, but after that, we gotta be freaking sharp, Jesse. Like we gotta be on our toes. Yeah, and just a little quick side note: we talk about the schedule, how it was really tough for the Blue Jays the first half of the year, yeah. and how it does ease up later on. But like, we get a lot of our games against the Baltimore Orioles. But now this is gonna be the time. Like they just called up Adley Rutschman. Grayson Rodriguez is coming. They have DL Hall. Like we're going to get a Baltimore Orioles team that actually has good players now, even though they're young and they're still developed, yep. they're not the same trash team that the Yankees have been beating up on all side of the year. So yeah, it's not going to be as easy as we think down the stretch. So therefore the Jays, no one's going to do the blue Jays any favors. We have to go out and we have to perform if we're going to go out and take care of business here. Oh, you said it there, Jesse, no one's done us any favors, mm-hmm. man. We, like I said, we got, we got a no name on the mound today, making his first major league start. And I, I, I don't know who the kid is. I, I really don't. Ashcraft. I don't even, I, Ash, Ashcraft. I mean, there's no way that he's a 22-year-old prospect. Like, that dude's got to be over 25. I, you he's don't 24. have to look it up. He's 24? Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's not – He, well, good for him for making his first major <laughs> league appearance. But we should have we should have danced on that guy's cleats, for God's sakes. We should have we should have lit him up. And instead, you know what? It was just – we're playing hockey game scores. Like, 3-2, mm-hmm. 2-1, two, two to 3-1. to one. Like, those are hockey games, man. And I played hockey growing up. Baseball games that we should be playing, we should be getting seven runs in, especially against the newbie. Are you kidding me? Oh, it's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah. Oh, make – make, Make me bite all my fingernails off in, in the middle <laughs> innings, dude. Oh, it's sad. Man, you're not gonna have any fingernails. You're not gonna have any hair by the left of this. Sheesh, man. Oh no, I got, I got, I got great hair. I got no fingernails though. <laughs> no way. I bite all them off. All right. Well, that's the thumbs up, thumbs down here. We're hoping to see some better things from the Blue Jays position players going forward. This team needs to hit, and if this team is not gonna hit, there's gonna be a problem. But we're we're hoping it'll happen. It's got it right on paper. This team is too good. And just the fact that everyone is slumping at once just makes it feel so much worse. I I, I know it just, it's one of those things. Like, is this really happening? Um, I'm really waiting for two games where we do score 11 and 13 runs because we are well overdue for it, Jesse. And especially you just look at the two guys that, that, that I think are really underperforming um, is Vlad and and Teo for power wise, like Bo's done, Bo's done fine. I'm not going to gripe on Bo, but Teoscar and Vladdy have really underperformed. I know that Teo missed a lot of time, but those guys, man, I mean, Teoscar is going to be hitting four spot for, you know, a hundred, at least 110 games this year. And there's no way that he doesn't hit 30 home runs. He should. Ah. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, Jesse, that's what we call underperforming. We got to come through at some point. I was going to say he's running out of time. He's five for his last 50. I don't think uh, he's I, hit a home run in a while. So it's, yeah, it's tough. Uh, Riley, I I'm know. just going to spit out some random facts at you. And then you tell me what you think about him. All right. All right, shoot, Jess. All right, Hunjin Ryu gave up six hits, a hundred or six at bats off the ball, hundred miles per hour or harder, with twelve of them being ninety-four point nine miles per hour or harder. What do you think of that? I, I, I well, I'll tell you, Jesse. I, I was scared when he even towed the rubber. In the- <laughs> think of it. Yeah. Statistically, statistically, he did just fine. But it's one of those things, man. Um, he's not. 
He's not an overpowering guy. And like the control is there, but the movement isn't enough. Like he doesn't move his pitches enough. Like he can pinpoint them, but guess what? The hitters see those pitches. Like he's not someone who's going to go out and strike eight, eight guys out because people, people see what, what's being thrown. Like we contact as we contact Jesse, but when you start barreling balls up, like you're done for, like you're done for. That's what's worrisome with Hanjin Ryu, right? Good stat on paper, but it was just because the Blue Jays had defenders in the right place. So there's that. Uh, my next stat, Thomas Hatch threw six no-hit innings for the Buffalo Bisons yesterday. Well, that caught me off guard. Jeez, yeah. I don't know what I think about that. Oh, <laughs> my God. I mean, I mean, like, let's dig into our system. There's other guys that we could use. He's definitely... Hey, I, I don't I don't expect Thomas Hatch to start any big league games, but um, depth wise, he'd be a great specialist. He'd be a good middle relief guy, maybe a five, six inning guy if we run into trouble. Um, but let's keep Thomas Hatch in Buffalo kind of as a veteran. That's what I think, Jesse. Like, I'm not hating on Thomas Hatch, but the hey. time that, that you know what his 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 clock is is past passed overdue and you know what if he makes an appearance with us it's because we've ran into some serious injury troubles it's just a don't forget about me i'm still here type of start right oh i i know thomas hatch is there i'd never forgot about him and there's a reason i'd never forgot about him because i know you know i won't say the word ineffective but you know what doing something in triple a is great but doing that and matching it at the major league level is something totally different all right here's what hunter green the reds pitcher said about the city of toronto Quote, to see it up close, to walk through the city. I just love the culture. I love the architecture. The atmosphere here is amazing. You could feel the whole stadium locked in with every pitch. You know what? From a young man who is like, in my opinion, one of the best young up-and-comers in the National League mm -hmm. because he throws, first of all, he throws over 100 miles an hour, 103, 104, which is ridiculous. This kid is, is insane. Um, you know, like if he was, I, I'm very humbled by that as a Blue Jays fan. You know what? Good on you, Hunter Green. That's awesome. Um, you know what? He's got a long career ahead of him. And if if free agency comes up in 2029 and he comes to Toronto, then I'll be very happy he's on the team. Well, remember this quote when that does happen. Uh, oh, trust me, that's in my mind. Locked it. Perfect. Uh, we're going to do some news and notes here. Tim Mays' MRI on his elbow came back clean. He's hoping for a quick throwing program and should start throwing early next week. Figures to be a pretty quick buildup from there, so hopefully about another week or two until we get Tim Mays back in this pen. Uh, Ricky Tideman made his debut for High A Dunedin, and he went four and two-thirds innings, two hits, one earned runs, two walks, and nine strikeouts for Ricky Tiedemann. Uh Julian Merriweather will be joining this club in St. Louis. He'll be on the taxi squad down there so they might call upon him and need him and uh, Gabriel Moreno was back in Buffalo's lineup after he had a hit by pitch scare and he went four for five with a home run and a double so Riley my question is to you with how mad this offense has been is it time to bring Gabriel Moreno up to this team does he play a secondary position other than catcher uh, he took some ground balls at third base and whatnot can, but can we can we because listen if you're a catcher you're immediately a good defender Sure. How, how hard would it be for a catcher to learn the premise of, I don't know, I won't dock second baseman for playing second base, but I would assume as an infielder, second base is the, is the easiest position to kind of grasp, you know, with runners not on base, things like that. Like, 
not a defensive sub. You know I mean, what? They're all difficult. I, they're all uh, tough. You know, of course, at a major league level, Jesse. <laughs> but I'm not going to uh, after today. Jansen picked off. Uh, I don't care if uh, Barnhart's a catcher or not. He picked off a runner on mm -hmm. first, and it reminded me, Jesse. God, I love having Jansen back, man. I know Kirk does does a great job framing everything like that, but it reminded me, man, how much I love having Danny Jansen back. And I would love to have Moreno up with this squad, but if there's any place that isn't catcher that's taken away fielding time from Jansen, then yes, I'll have him up there. But for now, let him ferment a little bit and for Buffalo, like, cause he's not, he's not hurting down there. I know Adley just got called up for, for the Orioles, but you know what? They're on totally different clocks, totally right. different clocks. And I agree. You don't want to bring Gabriel Moreno up just to be a full-time designated hitter either. Right. Yeah. When you bring him up, you want him to stay up here. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see him at some point this season. Though. Yeah, abs absolutely, man. Once that roster, you know, kicks in, well, September, he'll be up here for sure. I have no doubt about it. He will, he will get his first major league at bat this year. It wouldn't surprise me if July and August come around and cause he's got all three options mm -hmm. and, and you know what, to sample size him, to get him his early, early cup of coffee, little cappuccino shot, we'll call mm -hmm. it this time and send him right back down. That's fine. But you know what? Let's not ruin him early. He's doing fine in AAA and let's get him comfortable. All right, well, with that, after that, the game today, the Blue Jays are boarding on a plane, and we are heading to St. Louis. A uh, rare visit to see Bush Stadium and the St. Louis Cardinals. Blue Jays don't go there a whole lot. It'll be a quick little two-game set. It'll be fun to look at. Game one of the series will be Jose Barrios against our old friend, Stephen Matz, will be on the mound uh, for St. Louis there. Game two will be Kevin Gosman against Jordan Hicks. So it's a quick two-game series, in and out. What are you hoping to see from the Blue Jays here? Well, a quick, a quick two-game series, man. Like, right off the bat, I think – well, two wins would be great. I mean, Steven Matz is, he was great. He was great for us. Like mm -hmm. uh, no hard feelings. We should got crush him. out of it. We should, we crush got, him. he got paid. We should crush him. Uh, mm -hmm. Jordan Hicks. I'm a little more skeptical of because if he, if he, if he go, if he goes for he, cause he, he can't go long. He's a relief pitcher closer. That's that's starting for them. I know I got him in fantasy. He's not going long-term. If we can get out of the fourth inning and get him yanked and go into the cards bullpen, we'll be fine, man. But it just comes down to Holy cow, man. Let's hit the ball. This series. Like, I know it's only two games. Like, I don't know who's going to play in this. Who's going to, who's going to DH because I know we're going to Bush, but Holy, this would be the first time that there's been a DH in Bush stadium for a Jays player. Like mm -hmm. that's new. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like, who's going to play what position? Like who's catch Kirk Jansen, you know, Collins, is he DHing? It'll be interesting to see what Montoyo does with the lineup in this game on a quick two game set. Cause you know, Charlie knows that we got to Like we got to snap this together, man. Like we can't split. We can't split. We could split, but it's not going to put us in a better situation. Yeah, you think the Jays just got to have a sense of urgency. Let's hope they wake up on the plane ride down yeah. there, and let's get these two games, especially with Burrios and Gosman, on the bump for our team. Uh, anything else to add, Riley, before we close off, before we head out of here today? Nope. All right. Well, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, sorry, cut out there. I actually, before we go, I actually want to give just a quick this buds for you oh, shout yes, out, Jesse. Yes, you do. Yeah. That's all right. And it's, it's to no one. Well, of course it's part of the Jays community. It's no player or anything like that, but it's, it's to my co-host, Jesse Burrell and oh, Jesse, hey. you posted a very brave um, group of photos uh, towards your um, gain, which is a weight loss, which yeah. has looked great. By the way, 
We, I, dude, I'll tell you what. I loved you when you were a big guy. I still love you the same. I love that you're healthier and happier, man. And that's all I got to say. And I hope that this year, playing for the Pirates, you're going to do awesome this year. That bat speed's got to come around, man. So, Jesse, I'm very proud of you, man. And I know that a lot of people are. That that comment blew up there on uh, on Facebook. You got a lot of recognition, and it's well-deserved, man. It's well-deserved. Jesse, bro, this bud's for you, my friend. Appreciate it, man. Just trying to make plays to better myself, and I kind of wish the Blue Jays' offense would do the same. Maybe that's uh, Charlie Montoyo can show that around and they can get inspiration going on this team here. Um, but that'll do it for our episode here today. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Be sure to like, and subscribe. If you haven't already, leave us a comment. Tell us how you think uh, are like, are we in panic mode about this blue Jays offense? What's your plan to fix this team? Any advice you have, leave a comment down below. We'll gladly talk to you about it there. And yeah, let's get on the plane. Let's go to St. Louis and let's get this shit done. Thanks guys. Peace.